It is definitely, I'd say it's the number one issue I see with my clients. Um, they either aren't living their truth and aren't sure what their truth really is, and they feel like something's off and they aren't sure why, or they recently decided to live their truth and are navigating all the uncertainty and judgment and fear that comes with that. Today's conversation is focusing on fear of living your truth. And I am excited to welcome back Ellen Torrison. She is a life coach here in Austin and um, she's a recurring guest, which I'm so thrilled about because she has so much knowledge and so much information. And so we're gonna jump right into it. Hey, Ellen, good to see you. Good to see you, Katina. <laughs> Thank you for coming back. I so appreciate it. You're welcome, happy to be here. Good. So let's talk about fear in living your truth or fear of living your truth. You see this a lot um, in your, your everyday practice. So talk to me about first why people are afraid to live their truth. I mean, I think a lot of it is we care what other people think, which in short is just, it's another old relic from our ancient brains. Um, we don't want to get kicked out of the tribe because our survival is dependent on the tribe. So we think we care a lot about what other people think of us. What does it mean to not live your truth? I think, because I feel like sometimes people are not even sure what their truth is, you know? And I think people, because of social media and whether you're on it or not, or, you know, all the platforms that are available now, we see all these things. We see all the ways people are living or pretend to be living. So what does it mean to not live your truth? I mean, I'm, tr I mean, without being too, um, I, I, without coach explaining <laughs> <laughs> That's a you thing. and your audience, uh, <laughs> it's, it's basically like knowing who you really are, first of all, and some of that just comes with age and maturity but knowing who you really are and when you're living your truth, what's basically what's happening on the outside matches what's happening on the inside. Mm -hmm. And when you're not, there's a disconnect there and you feel that. Mm -hmm. And when you are living your truth, what does that look like? And how does it translate into normal everyday life outside of your home? Um, I mean, I think it would show up in you know, what you do for a living, for example. Um, if, for example, you went to school to be a doctor, I know people who've done this and they're miserable. That's not what they thought it was gonna be at all. And, but they keep doing it and, but they're miserable because there's this sense of like, I spent all this money on school and I spent all this time and I have to stay with it because it costs me so much money or my parents or whatever. And I still have loans to pay off. Um, so it comes down to honesty, it sounds like, and really being honest with not just yourself, but what you want and believe in and, and, and putting aside those things that you don't want and don't believe in because of who was in the room, like same reasons, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's starting to have what I've recently coined DGAF energy. <laughs> what is that <laughs> do you know you don't know dgaf don't is, give a fuck. that's right <laughs> it's like having dgaf energy like just it's really just not caring what other people think and i mean that doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have empathy you don't 
have compassion for other people. It's not anything like that, but it's more like you don't let your fear of what they may or may not think of you or say about you guide any of your decisions. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like too, you know, you see this phrase all the time. If you're on social media as much as I am, and I try, I, I kind of hit a wall recently, but, um, you see like Monday motivation and all these posts, hashtag live your truth, blah, blah, blah. But you mentioned it's one of the number one things that people talk to you about in your practice, in your life coaching, about just being able to do that and being able to get there and really understand what that really means. So can you talk through that just, you know, and not just in what you see in your practice, but how you help people get to the point of knowing what the root of their truth is and understanding what truth really is to them and what that means. Yeah, sure. And I know what you mean about those posts. It's almost Mm -hmm. like, I mean, it's on like t-shirts. Oh God. Yeah. You know, it's almost, it's like a trendy thing and almost to the point where you feel like if I don't know what my passion is, something's wrong with me. Right. Because all these other people seem to be doing this when really it's, half the time it's just like a trendy thing to say and do right but it is definitely I'd say it's the number one issue I see with my clients Mm -hmm. um they either aren't living their truth and aren't sure what their truth really is and they feel like something's off and they aren't sure why or they recently decided to live their truth and are navigating all the uncertainty and judgment and fear that comes with that Mm -hmm. um the way that we help that I help them if they don't, you know, if they're trying to figure out their truth is basically I ask them a lot of questions. I've, um, I mean, I've been trained to be a question asker Mm -hmm. among other things. Mm -hmm. And I just, I'm able to really listen deeply to what they're saying and pick up on what's going on to kind of know what question to ask next. And I help them answer their question for themselves. I don't tell them the answer, but I help ask the right questions at the right time to help them find their own answers. Yeah. So where do you start? Like what information do you need to have to know what direction they should be thinking or how they should be thinking? Um, I mean, it depends on what they're wanting to work on. So like if we, if it's career, for example, because, you know, with life coaching, there's all of the parts of life, there's relationships, your finances, your health, your career, all the things. Um, But if it's career, for example, you know, I might start asking them questions about what it is they love about their current job, what it is they don't love, and like why they love those things, why they don't love those things. And that's from there, we kind of start going deeper and deeper. One of the other things I love to ask people about is what did you love when you were a kid before you had all the filters and all the rules and all the influences like clouding everything Mm -hmm. up? Yeah. And why do you think it's the number one thing that people talk to you about? What is, is it, is it societal? Is it generational? I mean, what, what do you think it is? I think I'm, why do, what's the question? <clears throat> Say that why again? Do you Sorry. Think it's, yeah. Why do you think 
living your truth or fear of living your truth? Why do you think it's the number one thing that you see? And why do you think it's the number one thing people talk to you about? I think it's because when you aren't living your truth and you start to realize something is off, it doesn't feel good. Like you feel Mm -hmm. stuck. You feel burned out, like burned out's a big sign. Mm -hmm. Um, You're like tired of the rat race, like whatever it is, you're tired and you feel like something's off and you need help getting unstuck. So that's when I, that's usually when I get contacted. (laughs) It's when they're like, I can't do this anymore, but I don't know how to do something else. Or I don't know the next steps to move to something else, or I'm already making this amount of money. And if I switch, I'm not going to have enough money, like all the fears that come up. And that's usually when they reach out to me. Yeah. So let's take career, for example, because I feel like a lot of people are in that mode and in that thought pattern right now because of, you know, COVID and, you know, trying to, I think, I think the year of COVID has given people a chance to think and reevaluate their life. (laughs) And what I say, figure out your life, which I feel like I'm still doing. Um, So if, if somebody is in a job that they don't want or don't like, the obvious thing would be to look for another job, but do you think it's deeper than that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was that person. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I mean, it depends on, it could be truly just the job and that you love the line of work that you're in and that there's just something about the job that's not working for you. And I help them with that too. I mean, I'll be like, even sometimes it might be that they just need to learn a way to love the job they're in Mm. and like, work on how they're looking at things Mm -hmm. in a way that kind of reframes it for them. Um, But are you asking about like, if you wanted to be in a totally different line of work? Oh, it could be both. Like it it could be a a complete career shift or just working for a different company or organization. So when it comes to career, um, you know, and if somebody is thinking about changing careers or they are not happy with where they are. The the obvious thing is to look for another job, but is it deeper than that? And if it is, what are the other things they, that you help them think through to figure out what their truth in that situation would be or is? I think that sometimes it is just that the career or the job is not the right match for them. Mm -hmm. And we can figure that out pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it is a lot deeper than that. Um, I mean, I could think of a recent example, actually, with a client of mine where she kept, she keeps, she's in a fairly high position at a fairly large company. And she came to me because she's like, I want to get out of corporate. I want to do something else. And, And I hear that a lot. And a lot of times it's just, they don't necessarily want to go to corporate. They just don't like the way they feel in their current job. Mm-hmm. But with her, she truly was like, this isn't aligned with who I am. Like she's a very creative person. She's a musician. Like it has been her whole life. But it, for her, we did a lot of kind of figuring out where this was all coming from. And a lot of it is that she just doesn't trust herself mm. and is in and did a lot of interpreting what was being done and said at work as them not trusting her. 
when really it's that she does not trust herself and it's projecting that on everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, it depends on the person. Um, but it's, like I said, it's a series of questions we go through to kind of get to the root of what's going on. Some it's like pretty simple, like I just need a more flexible schedule and then we're done. It's like, oh, well then let's work on that. But right. some, it can go back to like, you know, thoughts they've had about themselves since they were seven years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's take social media and think about social media in a way that is a strong influence into helping people decide or, or think about what their own truth is or, and, or confuse people about what their own truth is. How effective do you think social media is in one people being afraid to live their truth and two people um, figuring out what their truth really is? How much of a part do you think social media plays in that? Oh, I think it plays. I mean, I think, it plays a huge part in a lot of that because, you know, as we all know intellectually that it's the highlight reel, like people don't put their fight with their husband up there. Usually, usually that's not what's happening. Right. Um, but you know, and people, that's how a lot of people are in the habit of scrolling that at night to unwind or they think they're unwinding, but really it's like, you get into the comparison and you get into like someone's life looks better than yours on the outside. And it like, it either like keeps you from pursuing what you really want to pursue and causes more of that worry of what people will think, or it's like, you get this false sense of what it's really like to be in this person's job. Cause they make it look so glamorous mm-hmm. But then if you, if you really knew the behind the scenes story, it's like, nobody would want that job, whatever the job may be. Yeah. Or that life. (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, like look at celebrities and tabloids and all, I mean, that's a something billion dollar industry. People love reading all that stuff and seeing all those pictures and they have all these opinions and ideas of what their lives are really like. Mm-hmm. And obviously we don't know what their lives are really like. We, right. But if you ever get a glimpse, like I'm guessing I'm not the only one in your um, listenership here that watched the Megan interview with Oprah, oh the Harry and Megan interview. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's like, there's so much of that life that looks like the fairy tale glamorous stuff on the outside but then when you hear about what's going on it's like can you imagine yeah 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 Yeah. let's talk about that too because I I feel like with just that interview and other interviews like it where people have been truthful about a situation and not just that they have found the courage to be truthful about a situation that hasn't been the best it could be and has been toxic in in that regard are you seeing a lot more of that i think in uh in your in your practice of people talking to you a lot more about those kinds of situations where they feel like they've been pushed to a point where they have to be brave and they have to speak their truth and they have oh, to absolutely. live their truth yeah absolutely because it's you know, as with, and of course we don't know what's actually true and what's not right. Like we're for the sake of 
the conversation, we will assume that what was said was true. Right. Um, but you reach a point where it's impacting your health. Like they both talked about its impact on their mental health. Um, it impacts your physical health, your mental health. It's impacting others in your family, people you care about. And you reach a point where you're just like, I can't live like this anymore. I have to make a change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What happens from what you've seen, what happens when people don't live their truth and well, and are afraid to live their truth? Um, I mean, I see, I mean, what happens is, I mean, I think most, a lot of people are not living their truth. I mean, they just keep on going to work every day and showing up until they retire and check the box at, you know, retire at 65 and put this much into a 401k and do the following X, Y, and Z. I mean, I think plenty of people go to their grave, not living their truth. Mm. And how sad is that? That's so really sad. sad, really sad. But if you think about it, like you, you hear all these stories of people, it's like they did what they thought they were, they had to do, or were supposed to do, or were raised to do or taught to do for the sake of their family or whatever. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of, that's noble about that, right? Like sure. everybody's circumstances are different, but there's also a lot of, like, I once heard that the best ideas, the best collection of ideas in the world are in the graveyard. Oh my God. I want to cry now. <laughs> I, well, I don't mean to make you cry. Uh, no, but, but it's, it's just, like, it's because people don't like share their truth. There, yeah. there's so much fear around that. And so there's so many like brilliant ideas that could be shared with the world but people don't and they go to their grave with it yeah well and like just imagine that same thought and that and that same fact if people were more open and sharing with other people how they really feel about whatever it is how much better relationships and interpersonal relationships would be if we were just Right. 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 Accepting of each other. Right. Just as we are. Right. Right. Oh, well, I love you, Ellen. (laughs) I'm going to tell you right now I'm being too. I love you too. (laughs) So how do you help your, um, how do you help your, your clients get over that fear um, and obviously, I mean, it, it's different with each person, but in general, what, what are some things that people can, that you, that you advise people to do to be more authentic and living um, through about them? Well, one of the, one of the biggest things I have my clients do is journal mm-hmm. and they all complain about it at <laughs> first, 100% of the time. And they all, after they're done complaining about it, tell me some form of, oh my God, this is a game changer. I'm like, you think? It huh. is? That's why I said you should. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I suggested it. Um, so I definitely recommend doing some form of journaling. Like it's just, it's introspection. There's no right way to do it or wrong way to do it. You're not going to get a grade. You can sp- 
make spelling errors all day long if you like it doesn't matter yeah um but something to just get what's in the inside of your head out on paper to look at it objectively right Um, I will give them journal prompts a lot um by far the most popular journal prompts are the worst case scenario prompts. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like it's what's the worst like, that can happen kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause we catastrophize, we, you know, every, we, by nature, like our brains want to keep us safe. So they interpret the world as an unsafe place. Mm-hmm. So that the worst case scenario is definitely popular. Um, I did come up with, five journal prompts for your listeners. Oh, I would love it. Yes. Before you get to that, tell me what the, what the, the long-term benefit, obviously it's introspective, but how does it help people be more authentic if they journal? What's the benefit? Um, I mean, I journal, I try to journal every day. I'm not going to lie. I'm a human before I'm a coach. So sometimes it doesn't happen, but by and large, I journal every day. Um, the way that it helps you just kind of stay anchored, you know, cause otherwise your thoughts are like toddlers running around unsupervised in a store, like, oh gosh, yeah, with, you know, knives or something. I mean, it's like, <laughs> you don't want that. Um, it helps you kind of get all the chit chat in your head out onto paper on in black and white, where you can look at it objectively and call BS on yourself. Yeah. Because a lot of times what's what you're saying up there isn't necessarily true. Um, that's one of the biggest revelations people have is that our brains lie to us. Like we're not, we don't have to believe every single thing that comes into our head. Mm-hmm. So it kind of helps you be more intentional with your thinking, um, which helps you stay aligned with who you are and move towards your goals and not live in fear constantly. Um, It also just helps you sort through a problem. Like if you are upset about something or can't figure something out, it kind of helps get your head. It literally is like clearing your head. Like it's emptying the thoughts out of your head onto Mm -hmm. the page so that you can sort of think through it rationally. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. So yeah, give us those journal prompts. Okay. Uh, I think the first one should be, what is it like, just get, what is it you're worried people will think about you or say about you if you live your truth mm-hmm. and just write them all out. Like, well, Karen might talk to Megan about my mothering skills or whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. Right, just write down like every bad thing that you think could happen. And then imagine if they did actually think and say all those things. Like, then be like, okay, they're all going to think this and they're all going to say this. And then just ask yourself, then what? Okay, so they thought that and said that. Now what? Mm-hmm. What if you just allowed them to have their opinions? Uh, what would it look like for you to not accept their opinions as true? And how can you focus more on becoming your authentic self and less on opinions you can't control? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, that's, those are good. 
I, I feel like you could you could write an entire journal. <laughs> the I <whole> could look <laughs> just you with the, yeah, mm -hmm. and and still have more to say after you wrote through the whole book. Yeah, and that's that's why I like to be like just get every just wring that sponge dry. Like if your brain's a sponge, just like wring it all out. Like okay, then what? Like what are the really the what would people really say? And a lot of it is like, once you get it on paper, you're like, well, that's okay. That's nonsense. That's clearly not going to happen. Okay. I can just cross that off the list. That one's right. not real. That's not a real thing, you know, right. or you'll find that you're just rewording the same fear 10 different ways. Mm, it's mm -hmm. All the same thing. Yeah. And a lot of it too, is just like, what's the likelihood of this actually happening? And even if it did, then like, that's when like, then what? Yeah. You're like, well, then I guess I move on with my life. <laughs> right. Right. Because you're going to do that anyway, <laughs> but right. just with less fear. Right. So, I mean, you know, people are going to say what they're going to say. First of all, you don't know what they're right. thinking and you don't know what they're going to say. And there's probably people thinking things about both of us right now as they listen to this conversation. Right. We never, we're never going to know unless right. they leave it all in the uh, review. <laughs> Which, you know, right. please be nice people yeah that could that could take a while um but it's like think of how much time and energy mm -hmm. you would get back if you weren't trying to like control the narrative in someone else's head right 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 so when you see your clients implement the what you just suggested and follow those prompts they come back to you and and what is the difference that you notice in them? Well, I noticed that. So I wrote down, I kind of looked through my notes of like the most common thoughts and feelings they have when we start versus yes. when they finish yes. or when we're a few sessions in or whatever. Yeah. Um, some of the most common thoughts I hear, or here are some of the examples. Um, I need to make this work or else this is when they're starting. Mm -hmm. Um, I need to anticipate people's nosy questions. Uh, if I have someone ask me questions about this change this week, it's going to weigh me down. And I want to know what my story is. They report feeling stuck, annoyed, worried, and anxious. Mm -hmm. And they like ruminate, they avoid, they stay confused. They worry about the right way to do stuff. But then as we've done the work together, they may or may not have done the journaling at this point. Mm -hmm. Things they say are, I know what I'm doing. Um, my favorite one, I think, one of my favorites I've ever heard from a client is, I'm finding some value in I don't give a shit what other people think. I love it. <laughs> what? Yeah. DGAF. Yeah, the DGAF energy. I'm building my toolbox. I'm more equipped and the recovery isn't as long. So it's like, it's not that you stop caring what people think and then you never care again, as long as you live, like right. you're still going to have moments because you're a human being first, but you'll find the recovery is faster. Like you're like, oh yeah, wait a minute. I don't care about that. Right. Um, right. They also say, I proved to myself it's possible to show up for myself and have fun at the same time. Yeah. And they report feeling lighter, optimistic, confident, certain, calm, and inspired. Those are just like 
I looked at the, some of the feeling words that, cause I'll write down mm -hmm. thoughts and feelings a lot. Cause that's what drives most of it. And those were some of the most common ones I saw. I love it. Well, this has been so inspiring and I hope that it is inspiring to, <laughs> to everyone listening to um, do a better job of living your truth and get to the root of why you're afraid to do that. We've been talking today with Ellen Torreson. She's a life coach here in Austin. Thank you so much. As always, you've been so great. And I love talking to you. This is so You're good. So I love talking to you too. <laughs> Be sure to join us on a new episode of Fuck Fear. In the meantime, D-G-A-F. Go about your life using that acronym. Don't give a fuck. Bye, you guys. I'll see you next time. Coming up on a new episode of Fuck Fear. There is there's no seamlessness to this. As women and as black women, we were taught to hold your head up with confidence and just do it. Just do it. And fuck fear. Like you said, fuck fear. Just do it. And so those times when I felt like I was my most weakest and couldn't get out of the bed and and didn't know what my next move would be and didn't know whether or not I was gonna be able to make rent that month, I still did it because I knew that I had to do it. I consider her brave because she's changed careers several times and seems to have done it successfully. But if you ask her, my friend, my Cherie Haley, she tells a different story that you should definitely hear on this next episode of Fuck Fear as we talk about fear of changing careers. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. If you feel led, I'd love for you to write a review, check out other episodes. And as always, thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.